Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Owl's Nest. I'm your host, Skylar Timmons, and joined with me as always is Nathan Price. Present. Connor Cude. What's up, boys? And Quentin Denny. What's going on? How are you guys doing? The season's winding down. It I'm is. so tired. Yeah, I'm tired too. It was a long night last night. Uh, we're recording this actually on Sunday morning mm-hmm. because tomorrow is Labor Day. And last night we had the baseball game, which was a good game. But after that, Skyler and Connor and I got to ump the Guns and Hoses softball game. Yeah, so we had the Orem Police Department and the Orem Fire Department join us after the, our Heroes Night, which is where we honor all veterans and first responders. And yeah, had a nice little game between the Orem Fire Department and the Orem Police Department. Kind of seemed like the Orem Fire Department hadn't won in a while because they were pretty jazzed at how bad they beat the police department. Yeah, the Orem Fire Department also brought in a little 15-year-old kid, so I'm not counting it in my books. I think he's like part of the fire department, though. No, the kid in the black was definitely 15. But he was part of the fire department. As like a kid of one of the guys I saw after Isn't it like the game. a volunteer thing? I guess you could volunteer and be a part of it. Either way, he smoked him, though. Yeah, he was tiny, and he hit it to where they weren't. Yes. But yeah. the hoses, they won 13-7 to 7 against the, or the police department. It was a good game. Didn't have to throw anybody out. Uh, got in a couple guys' faces because of some calls they disagreed with, but we called a good game yesterday. Pretty sure that never happened. Yes, it did. Almost. <laughs> in your imagination. <laughs> they weren't happy with a couple of the calls. Hey, but I call them like a psalm. And- yeah. We were I was, fair. I was correct. I told them I had a short leash. Didn't have to throw anyone out, though. So that's, that's what happened last night. Long night, but we're Quinn, back here. Quick trigger Denny. Yeah, quick that's what trigger they, Denny that's right what they here. call him. Hur, you're out of here. <laughs> My hand was ready to throw him out. <laughs> no, but it was, it was pretty fun. Good, good way to spend a, what was that, Saturday? Saturday, Saturday evening. Yeah, it was actually really fun. It was, it was cool to see other people besides us, too, get competitive with something like softball or baseball. It was cool. We might have been the most into that game, really. Other yeah. than a couple of the police guys who, after they were up 5-0, went down 8-5. to five. They got really down on themselves, and it started to get really serious. Yeah, and then once they, they extended the league to lead to 13, it got really competitive. Yeah, it was. But we were still in it. We were high energy from start to end. Uh, I give ourselves a grade of uh, 9.5 out of 10. <laughs> okay <laughs> i will uh agree with that yeah we did great and uh go us if they need any replacement umps <laughs> in the mlb my trigger and myself were ready to go <laughs> <laughs> anyways kind of moving along to what we're here to talk about is owls baseball oh yeah <laughs> so oh that's right we're not a softball podcast anymore <laughs> no gosh i forgot about that that's that's oh. during the off season oh true um well we had a Pretty decent, kind of a split week yeah. in terms yeah. of how the week went. A Kind of a strange couple of games where we played against the Grand Junction Rockies, then we had a series against the Vibes, and then we are currently in the midst of An eight, eight straight games against the Ogden Raptors to finish out the season. Awful schedule. Yeah, well, you can thank the Brewers for moving from Helena to to Colorado Springs. That's what did all that. But, I mean... Now Grand Junction and Rocky Mountain get to go slug it out between yeah. the two of them for eight games straight as well. So they're not having they're not having fun like we are, but uh, they also don't have to play the Raptors for the last eight games of the season. So Exactly. So we talked about how it was kind of like a mixed week for us. We said before we needed to win basically both series against 
Ogden, not Ogden. We definitely need to be at Ogden, but Grand Junction and Rocky Mountain. And we were unable to actually get a win against Grand Junction. That we got swept in the two games we played against them. But we did get a win against Rocky Mountain, so we won two of three against them. And so, I mean, two and – what do we have? Two and four was our record – or two and three was our record against those two teams. We said we needed to basically win both series to keep in contention. And now we've gotten ourselves into a hole where we won against Ogden yesterday – and we need to win five more games out of the seven remaining to tie, thus putting us into the playoffs. Yep. And then we have to see what happens <laughs> out in Colorado as well between the Rockies and the Vibes. And so it's going to be – there's a lot of numbers to crunch there to figure out the scenarios of how the Owls get into the playoffs. So there's a lot of moving variables, and we'll just have to see how well, it plays out. I actually think the only way for us to – to make the playoffs is to win at least five of the seven remaining games. Because if you have Rocky Mountain and Grand Junction just playing each other, I mean, they both can't lose. So that doesn't help us in terms of getting ahead of them. And so by taking the f- team that's in first and knocking them down a few pegs so that we can tie them, that's literally our, our only hope. Yeah. And we just have to hope Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain, the lesser of the teams in the South Division right now, uh, I think they're at the bottom of the pool right now, or standings as we call mm-hmm. it in baseball and so we just need rocky mountain to basically win the eight game series against them we need to win five more games and we're in playoffs so it's doable, it's, boys. Doable. it's doable it's doable it's <laughs> doable exciting times yeah so but so kind, of, <laughs> so kind of moving that's a little bit of the playoff picture of what's to come we move on down to our game of the week what do you guys have for the game of the week Okay. Um, I think Skyler and I, some, two of us are in one game and one's on the other. We'll let Connor go. Okay, so my game of the week happened on Friday. So two days ago, we had the Rocky Mountain Vibes visiting us. And it was, honestly, offensively, it was a very slow game after the third inning. Like, because it was just zeros all across the board. and the, But the reason why this is my game of the week is because it wasn't very exciting to watch after the third inning, but it was sweet to see in the third inning. We had bases loaded. The pitcher just walking guys on base and then walked in a run, and bases are still loaded. And then Anthony Morine, I think it's only like his third home run of the season, hits a grand salami, just a straight shot out of the pocket. As soon as it left the bat, you knew it was leaving the yard. And gets us up with those six runs in the third, so puts us up 7-1. And then the rest of the game was just pitching was phenomenal, shutting guys out, shutting guys down. I mean, people didn't even really get on base at that point. And so that's why that's my game of the week because we saw, like what we were talking about, is when you have that dominant pitching that can just get you out of games. I mean, we were, that game was also over in like, what, like two hours or it something like that? It was like two like and a half hours. Amazing. Yeah, like a little under two and a half hours. Like it was so fast. We just had like three up, three downs the almost the rest of the game. So that's why that's my game of the week. So the reason why that two-hour – the game that ends at nine was so important because the two games before that were both three hours plus, one of those being three hours and like 40, 40 minutes. minutes. Yeah. It so was we go insane. from that to a nine o'clock game, everyone's happy in that situation. But the one thing that I will say about this game that makes me high on my charts of games that we played this week, the top of the order kind of struggles a little bit right here. Deshaun Knowles was the only one. He got a hit. Jose Reyes, the left fielder, got a hit. He's one of the new call-ups that came from Arizona. One thing we need to mention, 
we got about like nine or ten players from Arizona. Seven. Seven? Yeah. Yeah, so around that number is what we'll expect to see in the Pioneer League right now is each team gets new players from Arizona or wherever it may be. So Jose Reyes, one of the new players, he – was this the one? No, it wasn't. But this is him getting a hit. He left early. Don't know why. Might have been slamming his bat, but he produced, so one of the new guys. And the bottom of the order, too, Morgan McCullough, Anthony Mulrine, Jose Quezada with two hits, uh, Drevian Williams-Nelson with a hit and one at bat that he had. So we're seeing guys – and the bottom of the order produce. We're seeing guys in the back end of the bullpen produce. Jacob Voss got his ERA down under nine now, where he was sitting at like 20 basically early in the season. Yeah. And so he had three innings of no hits, no runs, no walks, two strikeouts for a guy who was leading our team in walks and hits basically. That's what you want to see from a guy. Big, Big Jacob Voss coming in and shutting down the door real quick. Yep. And we had uh, four guys get walked that game too. And, I mean, that's just showing good plate discipline plate discipline from a lot of our guys going up to bat. And uh, also another notable thing is that uh, Drevian Williams-Nelson actually came in for Jose Quesada. Yeah. And that was because we saw Jose Quesada had a, uh, a really weird collision with the first baseman at, at his at-bat. And it's it seemed like the first baseman just made a really weird move by like stepping back on the plate. Like he was just trying to like it looked like he was trying to find the bag and just couldn't find it. And just yeah. happened to overstep it. Jose just tripped over him. He was safe, so it was a safe call. He stayed into the game. But he took a pretty hard tumble. Yeah, took a big tumble and then was eventually thrown out at second and then pulled for the game. Probably precautionary. Probably felt something on the way down to second. Uh, we just don't know what's going on there, but. We see he was producing. He's been producing, so he gets a two-hit game, and then his replacement comes in and gets a hit too. So bottom of the bottom of our order is producing. One thing that I think is hilarious about this game is the guys who pitched. So we have Emilker Guzman, who if you've ever seen him, he's what five nine on a good day, five yeah. eight. Yeah. And then he's replaced by Jacob Voss, six foot nine. And then Ryan Randall, six foot eight. Yeah. <laughs> so you have the shortest guy on our team getting replaced by the biggest. The batters, like, how do you even adjust to that? It's the David and Goliath lineup for pitching. Have, exactly. Like, you have these two giants coming at you from basically their reach makes it halfway to the plate, and they're still throwing. 90s mid 90s so yeah the, i remember that was that was the game that jacob voss made a pretty sweet catch right by his head yeah i mean he reached like a little bit but it was pretty close to his head and i said only jacob voss makes that play because if it was anyone else it's going to the second baseman we or past a, him we made a joke that would have you emilker guzman would have had to show how athletic he was just to grab that yeah <laughs> but one thing's for sure in that game the milkman delivered leche de hombre lechero hombre de leche hombre de leche that's not what that means. <laughs> but that's our nickname for him. <laughs> the Milkman. That's what we're calling him. <laughs> so what was your game of the week then, Quinn? I think Skylar and I have the same one. Yesterday's game against the Ogden Raptors. So coming into this game, we basically have a flip-flop record here. We came into it 28-41. and 41. They came into it 49-20. Uh, and 20. So similar, like the opposites basically. But the team, we put up 18 runs. And a lot, I mean, a couple, they had three errors, and they were ugly errors. I will say they're not your normal kind. This was infield pop-up, just drops it. 
a slow little pop-up to left field where Caleb Zyers just kind of like walks to first, drops that one too. Yeah, and it looked like the one in left field was kind of like, unless like he lost in the sun or something. And then, because, you know, it's right at the end of the day that sun's coming in from the west right in the left fielder's eye. So that looked a little tough. But then the infield one just looked like miscommunication. Like someone thought the other one was going to get it and then it just dropped and Caleb Sires makes it easy to second base. Mm-hmm. Our pitching was pretty good too. So... We had three guys, Holmes, Natera, and Coons pitching, not Zach Christofak. Not Zach Christofak. But we will be interviewing Zach Christofak, so. Yeah, but it was <laughs> Justin Coons came in. So speaking of Holmes and Natera, Natera, he went 4.2 innings, which would be his longest one of the year, I believe, with the Owls at least. So he goes 4.2, and he really didn't give up any runs until two outs in the ninth inning. When you kind of saw fatigue start to set in, he wasn't throwing as fast, wasn't as crisp on his off speed, and that's when the other team, the Ogden, started to get at him. It was, I think it was two home runs. So a two-run yeah. and another solo shot to put them up. And then he finally gets pulled. Justin Coons gets in there and doesn't give up a run. So is yeah, Justin Coons I, the best reliever now? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. But we'll never know. No, I mean, he, can we just say – He didn't William, cover first on one of those plays. Yeah, that's true. But can we just say William Holmes is – Filthy on the mound. Nasty. Like, he had some crazy nasty pitches, just curving, just making some – like all those breaking balls he was throwing, so much movement on those and just fooling guys the whole time. Yeah, Four so. innings, seven strikeouts. William Holmes, one of the Arizona League call-ups. And pick. two-way player. And last Wednesday, we'll talk a little bit about that because I think that's Nathan's game of the week. So we'll have him talk about that in just a second. On Wednesday, we had William Holmes in the lineup – Bats a thousand for the game. Three for three. Three for three, and like a couple walks, monster home run. Yeah. And then he comes in yesterday on Saturday and deals for four innings. Just absolute filthy. Seven K's and just his four innings of work. And that's what he does. He comes in, he just was punching guys out down in Arizona in just a short amount of work in like seventeen innings. He had like twenty five plus strikeouts. So it was a great piggyback system that we've seen the owls using it was very effective really throughout this week we saw how effective that was for him Mm -hmm. so he only gave up two hits both solo shots not bad yeah well actually i think if i remember right actually the the two runs that he gave up i think it was he walked a guy onto first and then the the other guy hit a oh, home yeah, run. Was that that right. one? And one home he, run, he walked a guy. And then yeah, that's the what it was. Batter. He walked a guy, and then he, the guy hit a home run. So it was a two-run homer. And because Yeah, you were the one that mentioned that it looked like the guy that hit the home run was about to pass the guy on bases because the guy that was on the bases didn't know if it was going to make it over the fence or not, and then just barely squeaked it over. It was a towering shot that just got out it was, of here. It was so high in the air, we didn't know if it was actually going to make it over or not. <laughs> I think a big highlight from yesterday's game as well, it was a huge blowout win, so there was a lot of great offense. Jeremiah Jackson tying the Pioneer League record for most home runs in a single season. Angle in three for five with five RBIs. I mean, I think that's notable too, but yes. I I agree. Tying the home run record, that was was awesome. Mm -hmm. And he was was out um, by the the gate or whatever, like into the stands too, signing autographs, getting pictures of people. Like, just a great guy after doing something like that. Yeah. Nathan, anything you need, any game of the week you want to highlight or any other comments? Um, Skyler kind of talked about the piggybacking. Um, that's kind of been a big highlight for me. We've seen these guys come up from AZL. So now we have a chance to piggyback with our starters. 
I think that's definitely going to help us as we go into the playoff push. Um, yeah, I am. There are a lot of good things happening with this team right now. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, I think one of the great highlights that we can take from this season is Jeremiah Jackson and what he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, no questions. <laughs> no more comments. I think. Yep, said it all. He said it all. So we'll see if JJ can take the Pioneer League record. He just needs one more home run to do it, and we'll see if he does it today on Sunday or at some point throughout this week. we got seven games left, so yeah. he's got plenty of opportunity. Uh, I hope he does it here, not in Ogden, but we'll see what happens. Three yeah. more games here to do it. It'd be, nice. It'd be nice to do it at home. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It would. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be special. <laughs> so with that, who would be our player of the week? Who do you have for a player of the week? Okay. For myself, I'm going to go Deshaun Knowles. Just because of how how good he's done this week compared to the last month, really. So, the numbers here for Deshaun Knowles in the last, we'll just give nine games. 342 average. He scored nine runs. 13 hits, three of which are doubles and a triple. Six RBIs, five walks, and he was hit once. Or one intentional walk. So... One of the things that I think here is important, Deshaun Knowles is a leadoff hitter slash a two-hole hitter. And so when you got a guy who gets five, five walks and is also able to produce with 13 hits, the thing that you get is men on base. Men on base equals runs. So we need to be able to see that from our leadoff hitters. We've seen less of it with J.J. this last couple weeks, just as he is starting to swing and kind of – I don't know if he's going for the record right now, but we've seen a lot of swing and misses from JJ as the season gets on. You kind of your body just gets a little bit of wear and tear on it. But Deshaun Knowles, coming off of a rough August, really has shown this last week that he's a good leadoff hitter and also solid on defense too. So that's yeah. my offensive and really player of the week. Especially because we, I, I'm pretty sure you mentioned it, but especially since he kind of struggled there, like in the middle of the season, it's it's nice to see him kind of picking it back up again. Yeah. Yeah. So my player of the week, I, I I mean, I have like a close second. I think William Holmes is a close second, just because I mean, ever since he's come in, like we mentioned, batting a thousand in his his debut as a as a hitter as DH, and then just filthy on the mound. But for someone who's been here the entire season, I'm gonna have to go with Brandon White. He's just like we keep talking about it every single third week. week in a row. Third week in the row that we've mentioned him because in 10 games, he's hitting 370 with seven runs, 10 hits, a home run on his birthday. Happy birthday to him. Yeah. I mean, what a what a present for him. That was Monday? When was that? Uh, I think that was Friday. Nathan, oh, can wow. you confirm? When did Brandon White hit his home run? That might have been my game. Of One week. second. Let me look it up. It was okay. on Wednesday. It was on Wednesday. Wednesday. The 28th against the Vibes. Oh, on the 28th. Okay. But, yeah, like – and really, something that we've been seeing him do a lot is he's just so good at getting these little chip shots right into the shallow outfield and getting on base. And what wins baseball games? Getting on base. Men on base. Can't score whip. runs if you don't get on base. Whip. Exactly. <laughs> whip. <laughs> Sorry, for Quinn, it's whip. But <laughs> for everyone else, it's getting on base. Walks plus it's per in- hits per inning pitched. Thank who you, knows? Thank maybe you for Brand- clarifying that. Maybe Brandon White will come out as the ping pong champion. Currently, there's a tournament that's going down <laughs> in the clubhouse. Maybe that's why he's been doing so well. He's just some, something with the correlation between ping pong and hitting a baseball. He is just on it. Ever since they got that table, I'm you telling you. do a case you. study on that. We'll do something. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. I'll get you the facts next year. All right. Perfect. 
Someone I think we need to mention as well is uh, McCullough. I think he's been doing great. Uh, Morgan's been asked to do a lot since he's been up here. He did get that call up early in the season to Burlington and then came back down. Uh, but he's played short. He's played second. He's played third. And he made a pretty impressive play this last week um, where I think if it's any other player, I don't think they make it. You know, He didn't take that extra step. He just trusted in his arm to make the play. So I think we should uh, mention him. He isn't necessarily the hottest hitter on the team right now. He's hitting 281, um, which is something to say. I mean, if he's not the hottest hitter and he is hitting 281, but he has hit a couple home runs this last week, um, and he's just he's a constant guy that's been awesome for our lineup. Yeah, very versatile in defense. Uh, we saw early in the season his shorts when they put him at shortstop when JJ was down and Will Wilson was also down. They had Morgan McCullough playing shortstop before he got called up to Burlington. We kind of saw a question if he could play shortstop, and I think we we answered that question just this last week seeing him there. He's pretty versatile at shortstop, third base, and second base, can play all three positions at this level. And his bat has been producing 281, like he said, two home runs, dead center. He hit one. Hit one to dead center right over the high fence out there, and he's been – Pretty great this season. I think he's been this last couple. Weeks. I think he's been getting hotter because he's just had the opportunity now to be pretty much in the lineup, pretty much every most day. every day, and so he's getting reps, and that average is raised up to that 280, where it was kind of lower throughout the season. But now that he's had more reps, he's getting up there. And really quick, I wanted to do my player of the week. It's kind of a tandem. What I loved from Monday, from Wednesday's game against the Vibes, Henry Gonzalez and Matt Leon, tandem. Shut out the vibes. Henry Gonzalez making his Pioneer League debut and against a team that the Owls have struggled against all season. For some reason, they've just struggled against the vibes. And the two of them come in, throw shutout baseball, give up five hits, only walk three guys, and they struck out about 12 or 13 guys. So that tandem right there, that would be my little pitching tandem players of the week. We've really seen the piggyback system work it's really effective this like week that we've seen it mm-hmm. really be enforced like this. Matt Leon goes towards the bullpen and we see him getting piggyback roll where he comes in for four innings. It's really working. We've seen him, Jose Natera, Yoel and Kelvin Mon- Kelvin Monsion and Yoel De Leon. They really work well together yep. as the lefty tandem and it's just guys work well off of each other. And speaking of amazing pitching, just to go off track a little bit. Justin Verlander just recorded his third career no-hitter in a 2-0 win over the Blue Jays. 2-0? Yeah. Still not as sad as uh, Felix Hernandez's perfect game where it was (laughs) 1-0. But anyway, just thought that was kind of cool. That just popped up as we were talking about great pitching for the Owls. Breaking news. Breaking news. Justin Verlander cheats. (laughs) (laughs) Just ask Trevor Bauer. Just ask Trevor Bauer. No, sticking, sticking with the pitching... Since the All-Star break, kind of transitioning really quick, over to Al's pitching. We've seen a huge difference. We've kept, we've been talking about it in past episodes. The huge difference of pitching for the Owls since the All-Star break. What have you guys seen with this? What, what do you think has been attributing to that? Confidence. Ping-pong table. Ping-pong table. Confidence. <laughs> whip. 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 Their whip is down. No, I just think that... I don't know, something something really did click for them after the All-Star break. And maybe it's just because they got to relax, they got to let loose a little bit, have some fun. But, yeah, it's just 
they look more confident on the mound. They look like they're having a good time. And once they started seeing that they could win games, I think that got into their head too. Because after the All-Star break, we went on that, what was it, like six-game win streak? Like right at, pretty much right after the All-Star break. And yeah, they just saw it and were able to, to see that, oh, we can win ball games, We can shut people out. And that just gave them that confidence to get on the mound and just do what they do best. Yeah, and something I've noticed is they've been pounding the zone more. They're just throwing strikes. They're getting contact, ground balls and fly balls. And we've been able to see the defense get a lot of work. And they've been quick on the mound, which leads to success. Just some quick stats here. In 22 games, the pitching as a whole is at an ERA of 4.64. They've only walked, here's a great stat, 88 batters in 22 games. And they've struck out 212. And then their whip, here you go, Quinn, 1.44. Oof. With only a 258 average against them. That's good. It's decent, yeah. And whereas, here's the before the break. Here's what it was like before the break in 47 games. 5.73 ERA, 214 walks, 441 Ks, and a 2.77 batting average against them. And so they've been, even in a half of the sample so far in the second half, they've dropped a ton of those stats which has led to success and led to them winning ball games, having a lot more success in the second half. Exactly. So going back to Justin Verlander, scrolling through Twitter right here, I see some things that I have to highlight on. Anything more you guys want to talk about the Owls before we jump to this? Yeah, all of it. Okay. We want to talk about the Owls. It's an Owls podcast. I just thought it was funny. Uh, Two-run home run in the bottom of the, or the top of the ninth. Second time Toronto has been no hit, uh, back-to-back years, and they, gave, they did a standing ovation for Justin Verlander. Nicest fans in baseball. Ooh, it is pretty <laughs> nice Back to the Owls. <laughs> well, Mr. Verlander, if you could just uh, not throw a no-hitter, that'd be Congratulations, great. Congratulations, Mr. Justin. Sorry about that. We'll do better tomorrow. That's <laughs> oh, okay. We're doing good. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just thought of some interesting facts. That was an interesting fact. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now back to the Owls podcast. This is breaking news right here. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I'm I'm most excited about is that pitching. I mean, you see they've lowered their whip by 0.2. Um, you're really seeing nice. the guys throw more strikes, be more confident with that. And uh, I think we're seeing a lot of the pitchers get a lot more confidence in them, for one. Um, a guy who maybe struggled a little bit was Darian Williams. He had a couple outings that didn't go his way. Um, but since the All-Star break, he's got a 1.93 ERA um, with a 0.86 whip, which is awesome. It's good to see him doing yeah. good like that. And cool to see our interviewee for this episode, Zach Christofak, with a 1.35 ERA and six strikeouts and a .9 whip since the All-Star break. That's whip. pretty cool, too. That's a cool whip. That's a cool whip for a Zach cool, Christofak. Solid whip. Love it. And along with that, just really quick, to supplement that pitching, we were just talking about it pretty much throughout this full first half of the episode. Hitting has just been phenomenal. We've seen better at-bats, guys getting on base, hitting home runs, hitting timely hits with clutch, a lot more discipline at the plate, getting a lot more walks. Overall, great hitting that I've seen. Unless, Do you guys have anything else to add to that? Nope. Ditto. I think, I think we're seeing a lot more people getting hits with uh, runners in scoring position, which is something that we definitely struggled with at the beginning of the season. Yeah, we looked a lot so of guys on base. So that's definitely a big turnaround for the, the future of the Owls. Exactly. For yeah. sure. It's made a huge difference. Now, kind of moving along, 
around the league, the Pioneer League, and kind of how things are coming up as a whole as we get down here to the end of things. Uh, kind of looking around here, we've seen up in the north, I think is a big one to kind of keep note of, is Billings is trying to hold on to that lead. It's kind of getting narrower and narrower for them up there in the north, holding on to that division lead to get into the playoffs. As Missoula currently looks like they're really competing for it. They're just three games back of Billings, and Billings has lost about three or four games in a row now. So it's really coming down to the wire between Billings and Missoula for that second half spot. And then down in the south, like we talked about before, it's getting really close. We're only three games back of Ogden, and Grand Junction is just two and a half back. So we're just a half game back behind Grand Junction. So like I said, we got to win about five or six of these games here against Ogden to just put ourselves, do our part to make it yeah. into the playoffs. Five or more will get us into the playoffs. But it's really, it's actually really interesting to see too with the North Division because they're pretty much flip flopped from the beginning of the year. Because at the beginning of the year, Idaho Falls, we we talked about it before, it went undefeated, twelve or thirteen games, and then. Um, pretty much stayed dominant up until getting close to the second half, and then it was a pretty tight race between them and Missoula. And but then, and they were able to, to pull it out. They got that clinched playoff spot. But then in the second half, we saw Billings was in dead last in the, in the first half. And the second half, Billings has just been dominant. I mean, like you said, they're three games ahead of Missoula right now, and Great Falls is just kind of in there in the mix. They're only four and a half games back from Billings, but Idaho Falls 12 games behind Billings where they were just so dominant that first half. They must have just gotten a lot of call-ups right around that, that second half time. Who knows what happens, but that's that's just crazy to go 12-0 and and then now being nine and only getting nine wins in the second half of a se- the season. So what are they, 9-23 right now? What is So 9-23, 12 games back. I mean – they're still in the playoffs, but just barely. It doesn't look good, though. It for the, doesn't look good for, for the first Idaho round. Fall. And something to note, uh, I believe they have home field. The North Division does? Is that how That's it is? in the championship. In the championship. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, once, once the South and the North play each other, then the North, because it's an odd-numbered year, has the home field advantage. So something to look forward or look to in the future, the championship game will be played in either Billings, Missoula, or Idaho Falls. Basically, we can rule out um, – Great or yeah, Great, great falls. falls. Yeah, you can rule out Great Falls at this point. But I mean, again, five five wins is the threshold, and hoping that Rocky Mountain will do some kind of damage towards Grand Junction. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. But to kind of move on from that a little bit, I do have one. We do have one former Owls player to talk about, and that's Joe Adele. We've talked about him multiple times on this podcast. He's kind of like the Brandon White of former Owls. What Brandon White is to Player of the Week, Joe Adele is to former Four Owls. Owls. <laughs> so, Joe Adele, three straight games with three hits and was able to raise his average up to Nathan. What is it? His average is at 263. 263. So, during his hitting streak, he was hitting above like 350. So, We've really seen him get hot. This was a guy who was it three two week three weeks ago was hitting below two hundred. Yeah, he and was then really now struggling. up to 
above 250. So we're seeing him put stuff together, RBIs, multi-hit games. Yeah, and I think that just comes down to getting used to the higher level of pitching in AAA because this is something Corey Snyder in our front office has said a few times is actually the better hitters, the, the, the higher they move up, into like double A and triple A and all that, the better they actually hit because the pitching is better. So we see down here, we have guys like Jeremiah Jackson who he strikes out a lot, but part of that is also coming from pitching, just not pounding the zone like Skyler always mentions. But when you get up to triple A and those levels, the pitching is so much better and, and it's a lot tighter that you get those really good hitters that actually do better. But first he's got to get used to triple A pitching. The thing, and the way that the reason why this is, is because in the lower levels, Accuracy is a huge thing that is lacking with a lot of these pitchers. So guys like Jeremiah Jackson are having to go outside of their plate approach and swing at pitches that they normally wouldn't because those are being called strikes down here. So balls and strikes that he wouldn't normally be swinging at, he's swinging at. And once you get up to those better levels, it's in the zone that you're looking for and you're able to swing at better pitches. Well, I was talking about this with someone the other day, and even down here at the Rookie Leagues, it's kind of like like a baby snake, you know? Like, it's a lot more poisonous because they don't know how to control it. So some of these pitchers have some really nasty stuff, but they just can't put it in the zone. And so these guys end up striking out because, you know, the seventh pitch, they finally get it together and throw one of the nastiest pitches you've ever seen. Yeah, you'll see some nasty pitches down here. Guys like Jacob Voss, who earlier in the season struggled, where then they finally, at the end of the season, get it together. And then that's when they move up. So that's something that Joe Adele has, I guess, seen. Every level that he's been at, he's just – he's raked. Yeah. He goes in there, and he just produces. So we're kind of starting to see that now at AAA right at the end of the season. Salt Lake only has one more game at home. Two more games as of recording today. So today they have a game as the podcast is up on Monday. And as we're recording, they're playing one more game in Salt So two more games in Salt Lake. It's confusing, I know. But <laughs> – their season is basically over. A lot of their players have been called up to the Angels as the last year of 40-man rosters is in effect. And we'll start to see basically non-contenders in AAA kind of give up at this point. Yeah, and I feel, like we'll, I feel like we'll see the same thing with Joe Adele most likely going into the majors once he finally makes it to the show because we know he's on his way. Mm -hmm. And he'll probably struggle at first again, and then you'll just see him start raking just like he did in every other level. Yeah, but we'll still get to see him in Arizona Fall League. Yep. And see him produce down there with Brandon Marsh, his former teammate in basically every level. Yeah, yeah. They've been together for a while. And fun fact, from what I understand, they really didn't like each other that much when they <laughs> first knew each other, and now they're, like, inseparable. They're, like, best buddies. So, yeah. pretty I mean, cool. I mean, that's what happens when you play two straight years of together. Yeah, exactly. And Have to work to each, with each other apart. in the outfield. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, we'll see as things go, and good for Joe Adele. Yeah. All righty. We're going to take a quick break. We've got an interview, like we've mentioned, with Zach Christofak, and it's a pretty good one. Stick around for that. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back here on the Owls Nest. We're joined by Owls pitcher Zach Christofak. Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, yeah. So we got to start something off. We, just, we did a Twitter dive. We usually do that right before we talk to some of these players. And we saw that you had a hole-in-one recently. And just wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, so... Um, it was the first day of the All-Star break, so I flew home to Atlanta right after our game. Uh, I caught a red eye, and I got to my buddy's house, and the first thing we went to do is uh, we, we got one of my favorite meals back home with the Cracker Barrel. 
<laughs> and then uh, we nice. got on the golf course, and it was on the eighth hole. I was actually playing a decent round, but just more importantly, I was with my friends. Then it was a 149-yard par three. Um, I knew it was a good shot, so it was an elevated green. Um, and you can tell by the video, we just drove up. I knew it was a good shot. All my friends said they heard it uh, hit the flagstick, and <laughs> I couldn't hear anything. And so we drove up, couldn't see anything on the green, and then the video tells the rest. I just went crazy. <laughs> so we're here to talk. We're an Owls baseball podcast. But we're here to talk about your green etiquette right there, too, and your golf etiquette. <laughs> did you rake the sand after you ran right I through did. it? I did. I okay, did. I want to clarify right. that up because a lot of people gave me crap for that on Twitter. <laughs> and spiking the ball, too? Yeah, well, I made sure I did it off the yes. off the green. <laughs> off the green. So really, the real question is, is after that, how come you didn't dance like this? Get your dance moves <laughs> on. You guys did do some digging, man. So yeah. we got a, a gif of you from uh, from your time in Georgia doing like a Fortnite dance, it looks like. What, what inspired what inspired that move right there? They just made everybody get up there and do some type of dance. And <laughs> I don't know, man. That's what, that was your go-to? Yeah, that was my go-to. Is that your go-to on the dance floor, too? You Fortnite. Just, just break that out? Yeah, I, I, I love breaking that thing out, man. I'm just saying, that's the best Fortnite dance I've seen. <laughs> I appreciate Very it. professional. So you should pull it out on the mound one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Just walk right off, after a strikeout. <laughs> walk off the mound like that. If I face six batters and strike out six on 18 pitches. Okay, we'll write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Two. You would still be less hyped than Chris Archer, so I think you'd be fine if you even true. did that. That, that. that dude does some crazy stuff. <laughs> Double immaculate inning. Okay, so we just wanted to talk a little bit about – you growing up, your time here with the Owls, and just kind of go over some things about the bullpen. And so the first question we had is about Georgia and baseball in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Is it equivalent to football in Texas? I, yeah, I go off on a limb to say that. I mean, especially where I'm from. So I'm from Marietta, Georgia, and it, which is often referred to as East Cobb. Uh, I mean, a lot of people know what East Cobb baseball is. Um, but more so it's just like growing in the area of like northeast Georgia. Um, every year there's, you know, X amount of people that go play Division One baseball, X amount of people that are selected in the draft. Um, and it just like kind of seems to be growing. Um, I remember when I was eight, nine, ten years old, um, you know, there were guys that were, you know, selected like their first rounders like every year from the state of Georgia. And, you know, that just kind of, like, in, inspires you and motivates you, I guess, when you, when you see that and you're surrounded by that. Does that have to do with the Braves being dominant for basically, like, 20 years straight? Would you say that's part of it? I, I wouldn't say that there's really a correlation with that. I mean, there, there's just – I think, you know, probably every, every – like, even before my time, like, everybody was just going crazy about baseball. And it just kind of grew into what, it, what it's become. And so, I mean, it's a hotbed, but, I mean, there are states all over the country. Like, Florida's got great baseball. Texas has great baseball. California, I mean, Carolinas. You name it. I mean, there's there's really good baseball in a lot of places, but for some reason, Georgia's, you know, up there as well. Georgia's the best one, so. Yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> so, you were teammates with Carter Keyboom, right? Oh, yeah. You're pretty good friends with him? So, Carter was – is my childhood best friend. Um, okay. We played together on the same 9U baseball team. Um, his dad was my coach. His dad was actually here two days ago. He flew out here and laid over in Salt Lake and came to see me pitch the other night. Wow. So he was, like, the first, like, true coach that I had. Like, he taught me, like, baseball, how to play the game the right way, how to respect the game. And um, 
Carter's just always been my best friend, so it's just pretty cool to see like how relation how our relationship has grown and uh, how both of our careers have you know kind of taken off a little bit. Yeah, his has taken off. It's been crazy. It's just like two years he goes from single A basically up to getting his start just this year. I know. It's it's just crazy looking back on it. Like three years ago, we were just like messing around in high school. Yeah. And then the kids in the show. He's hitting home runs in the Nationals Park. What you also don't understand is Quinn is like giddy talking about this because he's a Nats fan. He's from oh, yeah. that area. Yeah. From so, Maryland. Yep. There you go. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. So he wants to know if he can be also friends with Carter. Yeah. Kingdom, so like that's basically long, like long the, the whole reason. I'll shoot him a text right now. Yeah. Good. So if you called him right now, would he answer though? Absolutely. He'd go. probably be stuffing his face with dominoes. Is that his go-to? <laughs> yes. Do what the Nationals you? know that? <laughs> I think they might, but I don't really think they care. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. They don't fair. care. I mean. There you go. Because when you're the number one prospect, they don't care what you do. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent. He's a good dude, man. <laughs> also, in growing up, you guys won a state championship there. Mm-hmm. And what was that like? It was amazing, man. So it was kind of build up of like a couple of years. So the four years that I was at Walton, um, three years we went to the Final Four. So my freshman year, we lost in the Final Four. Sophomore year, it just like didn't really go that well for us. And our junior year, we actually lost in the state championship game. So our senior year, we get back to that and – all the cards kind of lined up really well for us. Like, we had a really good team, you know, myself, Carter. Uh, and I want to say in our starting lineup, we had, like, six other guys go play Division I baseball. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we were a really good team. And the no team that we were playing was really good. <laughs> um, the cool thing about that is that in the, in the championship game, we played Pope, which is our rival. They're only, like, two and a half miles from Walton, our wow. high school. So, that was super exciting, as you could imagine. But um, – you know, there were, there were so many good players on that field. So, it, it, it was really cool. It's something I'm going to remember forever. Where's your ring at? At home in a drawer where nobody can find it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> so, now transitioning a little bit to you, you, you get signed at – you get uh, a scholarship, I'm assuming, at Georgia mm-hmm. to go play for them. And mm-hmm. the real question is, how much do you hate Vanderbilt? I, I, I don't care for them. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I do not care for them. All right. Yeah, that's fair. So that leads into how sweet was beating them in the series. That was really cool. Um, and that's that Sunday game was honestly probably one of my fondest memories of college baseball because uh, my friend Tony Losey, who's one of the starters, um, he was a third-round pick to the Cardinals, actually. Wow. Um, we both combined for like a one-hitter. Um the Sunday game against Vanderbilt. It was the rubber match of the series, and so that was that was really cool. I'll, I'll always remember that. Was there any ever doubt that you were going to go to Georgia or anywhere else? No. So my first offer was actually from Georgia Tech. Okay. Um, and then I went on my visit to Georgia. I had a really good friend at the time that went to my high school and went to UGA, and so he told me all about it. And when I went to go see it for myself, I was like, this is home. Were you a Bulldog fan growing up? I was kind of wishy-washy with, like, all of, all of, like, my teams, like, that I was fans with. Like, I was an Auburn fan at one point. I was a Ugh. Georgia Tech fan at I'm one sorry. point. I was all over the place. And <laughs> I think it's ironic now because I absolutely hate Auburn. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you play against them so much. Exactly. Do you still have any of the, like, old merch that you had from Auburn or anything? No. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Burned all, I'm all that? red and black, man. <laughs> there you go. Kind of fits with the jerseys now a little bit. Gets exactly. to keep wearing the red. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You basically live the Atlanta kid's dream. So you play in Atlanta, win a championship with the high school team. Mm-hmm. Out of that, you get drafted by the Braves, mm-hmm. and then you get to go to Georgia and play there. So that's like five years of just living a dream right there. Yeah. Is that, was that what it was like for you, or was it just like surreal? 
it, it, it was like looking back on it, it's it's surreal, man. Because I mean, from my area, like everybody wants to go to UGA. Not a lot of people get to go to UGA. Um, everybody, you know, watches the Braves games. Um, so I mean, I didn't obviously didn't sign with them, but like even to be drafted by them was really cool at that time. Um, and then my three years at the University of Georgia were, you know, the three best years of my life. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Um, and I'm just ultimately thankful that I was able to play at the University of Georgia. Yeah. So speaking of that, were you a Braves fan growing up watching them? Oh, yeah. I, I have in my backpack that I bring to the field every day, I have 10 Chipper Jones baseball cards. <laughs> like, just in case I, I idolize Chipper Jones like growing up. Me and my brother would – we play like baseball in the basement with like a tennis ball or like a foam baseball. And oh yeah, I just, all the time. Like, <laughs> idolize Chipper Jones. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I guess guy. you have to if you're from that area. I mean, he's like the hero, right? Exactly. Every, everybody loved Chipper Jones. Even I. I mean, I grew up in North Carolina for a little bit, like while I was playing like little league and stuff. I mean, yeah. people there love Chipper Jones. Like, exactly. He's just the guy from the south yeah. that everyone loves. Everybody loves that guy. So you idolize Chipper Jones. How was your fielding and your <coughs> batting then? Um, good until the pitching got a little better, and <laughs> I'm thankful that I was able to able to arm. catch on with pitching. Yeah, because yeah. it, it would not have, my my career would not have panned out if I played a position. So Did you play any position in high school? Yeah, I caught a little bit, played a little bit of infield, but uh, it was probably my sophomore junior year when when I decided I want to go to Georgia. I really just kind of toned in on pitching. Um, yeah, it just worked out, man. Yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so going back to Georgia then, you had one at bat in college. You want to I take did. us through that? Yeah, so we were playing Alabama on a uh, Friday night. Was that this year? With, was Morgan was on that team? was my sophomore year. Sophomore year. So, so he was not there. Yeah. Um, we went to extra innings. Our third baseman at the time was also a late inning reliever like myself. Uh, he came in for two or three innings of relief. And I want to say it was like the 12th inning. Uh, I came in, and when Aaron, our third baseman, went into pitch, we had to take our DH out of the lineup. And so the pitcher's hitting for himself, and I'm coming into pitch. And it was like a full rotation until I had the pitch. I had like eight batters until my name was up. So I was like, eh, hopefully we like pull it out by then. <laughs> Two innings later, my name comes up in the lineup. And I never forget, I went up and grabbed the bat, and my coach pulled me aside. He's like, just take a pitch and don't look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and so I saw two pitches. I, I went 2-0, and then he put a strike in there. And then I actually hit the ball hard. Like, I thought I hit the ball hard. Uh, I hit it right to the second baseman now. So it's probably the only at-bat I'm going to get. Did you bat righty or lefty? Righty. There you go. Was that as soon as you realized that your dreams of being a two-way player were just crushed? Exactly. <laughs> Glad I got drafted by an American League team. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. But that game went on to be 20 innings, right? No, so that game was 14 innings. This previous year, we played a 20-inning game against Clemson, though. Okay. And so that was the game. You guys struck out 26 people. Yes. It was It was absolutely absurd. You should have seen the swings these guys are taking, man. <laughs> so against Clemson. So it's a pretty decent team. They're a, yeah. a baseball school. Absolutely. So it's not just like early season kind of win. That's a real powerhouse team. Absolutely. How many did you have that game? Uh, I only had two. So I came in in the eighth. And um, I had two strikeouts um, in the ninth inning. I believe we were up by one, or we were tied at that point. Um, but, man, we just went next innings. And <laughs> nobody could do anything. Like, there wasn't a hit for, like, six innings at one point. 
Jeez, um, everyone just like chasing pitches, like yeah, like you, dude, you like like I said, you should have seen the swings that these guys were taking. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. Balls in the dirt, they're still swinging. Yeah, out. it was like five hours into the game, and you're and everybody's tired. Everybody wants to go home. They have a two hour bus ride, so uh, oh, they want to get out of there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was fun, and I, I remember like looking at like a couple friends in the dugout, and I, I pitched at like it's like a seven o'clock game, so I pitched at, like nine thirty. It's like two o'clock in the morning, and I was like. I pitched like five hours ago. <laughs> I want to go home. But Did you chill in the dugout or go into the clubhouse? Back and forth. So we, we were just doing like these little stupid things just to like stay into the game and stay locked in. Like we go like bring props out from the locker room <laughs> and like bring them in the uh, dugout. But it, it, I mean, it was Classic. fun. It, it was cool to come out with the win. Yeah, I think that's the best part of, like, college baseball is just, like, how fun it can be. Mm-hmm. It's not to the point where, like, softball is, where everyone has, like, cheers, chants, exactly. and, like, cheerleaders, basically. But it's it's way more fun than, like, we see in the professional, where it's more business-like. College is, like, that in-between, where you get to have fun and, like you say, props and kind of have fun exactly. with the interviews. No, college baseball is awesome, man. Yeah, that's pretty nice. So, kind of transitioning from college, eventually you get drafted by the Angels. What was that day like for you? Trying to get drafted by the Angels and signing with them. Um, very hectic, um, just because, I mean, any player with draft day just kind of experiences highs and lows with emotions. But when it actually happened, it was super relieving. I was very excited. I was with friends and family. So, you know, it was just a really special day that I'll never forget. Okay, and so now you're in your pros. We've got to talk about the most important part of being in the Owls organization is the ping pong table. <laughs> How good are you at ping pong? I would put myself in the top five on the team. Okay. I'm not going to say I'm number one, but it's I'm Brandon up there. White, we know. He's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Others um, have told us that he's the go-to guy to beat. No, he's, he's really good. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a couple other good players on our team. Uh, Ryan Smith, bullpen guy, he's really good at ping pong too. Um, yeah, it's fun. We have, we, we have a lot of fun in there before games and everything. So I saw Ryan Smith. So he's a lefty, but he plays with his right hand ping pong? Or was that yes. just because he was trying to be nice? No, he plays with his right hand. Wow. Which doesn't make any sense because no. in baseball terms, he is a lefty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe have like you seen him the... try to throw with his right hand? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, he just he, – he plays ping pong with his right hand. Yeah, yeah. So, like, in baseball terms, like, he's a lefty. Like, he's just different. <laughs> yeah. he, he is different, but he's good. He so. went to Princeton. Yeah, he's, he's a, a smart, smart dude. Kid. Yeah. The Sp- it was a two-time Spanish uh, national champion or something like Wait, that. Wait, really? Spanish Bowl. He went to, like, the Spanish Bowl. Oh. What? Yeah, ask him about that. Nationals for the Spanish Bowl, where it's like they just go and speak Spanish to people, I guess. Apparently, we need to have a Ryan he's on actually, next and ask him about that. Spanish is really good. Yeah. So, that makes that's sense. That's why. <laughs> that makes sense. So, we have some just quick-fire questions just to ask you. So, we've already talked to you about your favorite – you really didn't have, like, a favorite team. I guess the Braves, but you were wishy-washy with a bunch of other ones. Braves were my, my favorite team. Okay. What about the Falcons? Just They were just there? Or? I mean, yeah, I, I like them, but I don't know why I like them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you didn't really care about the 21-3 to loss then? When no, I cared about that a lot. Really? <laughs> that just left a hole in my heart, man. Did you smash a TV like everyone else in Georgia? or? No, I, I just remember right after they scored, I just, like, Got in my truck and drove home. <laughs> I was just like, wow, I'm just not surprised. That's Atlanta sports. It's <laughs> kind of true. So did you not really watch the Hawks or anything growing up either? No, I mean, I liked some of the players that, like, came in and everything. What I was really into was the Thrashers when I was, like, 10 years old. 
I'm pretty sure that was the last year like they existed. But yeah. I went to my first game when I was 10, and I was like, this is awesome. Like, I want to come back to a ton of more games. <laughs> and then, then they, they go to Winnipeg. <laughs> they go to so Canada. I was like, well, screw that. Okay. Another important question that we have is many teammates, we've asked JJ, Darian Williams, uh, Deshaun Knowles, if you were trapped on a desert island and you could bring two teammates with you, who are you bringing to help get off? Hmm. And keep in mind, some of these guys chose you. Very nice of them. <laughs> yes. If I had to choose two teammates, that put me on the spot, man. I would probably choose Anthony Mulryan. Okay. Because that kid always keeps me entertained. He's a <laughs> um, I would choose JJ. There you go. Yeah. I think JJ, when we asked him, he said he needed one person. He picked Deshaun Knowles. And we're like, okay, that's like, yeah, he grew up on an island. He's like, no, he just keeps me entertained. Yeah. Everybody just like picked one person just to keep him entertained. <laughs> keep him like, sane on the Yeah, island. that guy will do everything else. Exactly. <laughs> we'll have him build a boat to get us off this thing. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned when you went home for the All-Star break that you went to Cracker Barrel, right? Mm-hmm. What was, what's your go-to meal there? Chicken and dumplings. Chicken and dumplings. Oh, that chicken is a good one. Chicken and dumplings. dumplings. The best. Okay, so is, is that, would you say that's the one thing that you're constantly craving from Georgia's or something else that we need to know about? Uh, I mean, there, there, there's so many like hole-in-the-wall places like in Marietta and in Athens that, like, if I had to pick, like, one place. There's, there's just one Mexican restaurant in Athens called ooh. La Perea that we always go to. Um, What's your so, go-to there? Ooh, Pollo Loco. It's, like, shredded chicken on a bed of rice with, okay. just, like, queso dumped over it. Oh, oh nice. That so sounds good. amazing. That's, like, a amazing. southern thing to do. Just put a bunch of cheese on top yeah, of exactly. chicken and <laughs> rice. About right. I was going to say, are you, were you more burrito or taco guy? But you're just a cheese-on-everything guy. Uh, I'm more of a burrito guy. Okay. But, uh, dude, I eat anything Mexican. I love Mexican food. That's my yeah. favorite. Hey, there's a bunch of good Mexican food around here. There so. sure is. On the East Coast, I found out. So growing up in Maryland, there's, like, none. We have really good, really? like, Asian food, but we're too far up, I guess. So... We, it's impossible to find a good Mexican There's a lot of good Mexican places in uh, Georgia. Okay, I'll write that one down next time I go. <laughs> Mexican food. And so, are you Coke purist or are you okay with anything else? Coca-Cola? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a huge Dr. Pepper guy. I love Same Dr. Here. Pepper, but like that's like the only Pepsi product I like. So, like Coke, Pepsi, Sprite. I'm not much of a soda guy, though. Like I like sweet tea. That seems like true a southern, answer. southern yeah, gentleman true right southern there. Like, <laughs> true Georgia southern gentleman. And that's been one of the biggest adjustments that I've had to make here. Like they don't have tea here. It's well, they have tea like McDonald's and Chick Fil A. Like they have sweet tea, but like it's like not sweet. You been to, <laughs> have you been to Zaxby's? Yeah, their sweet tea's okay too. But like, so I've heard a lot of guys compare like Zaxby's sweet tea. Like it's the most comparable thing to like the southern sweet tea, yeah. but it's not true. Southern sweet tea, dude. Southern sweet tea is like syrupy. Like yeah, it's good. I, I it's remember not healthy for you, but it's really good. <laughs> I, I remember my my brother went to North Carolina State, and mm-hmm. so we went to this like family weekend thing, and. Yeah, there was two choices: lemonade, and then what I thought was soda, and I got it. It was not soda. It was sweet tea. And I was like, "This doesn't taste right." My dad was like, "Do you get the tea?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I was, "I don't like tea, so <laughs> it's, I can't I do miss it either." It. Maybe it's because I've never had it where they just dump syrup and sugar inside of it like that. <laughs> That's but. pretty much how it is, man. <laughs> and how bad is the traffic down there, Atlanta? Ooh, not good, and it's only getting worse. There's like so. There's like five major intersections mm-hmm. that run through. Uh, so Spaghetti Junction is like <laughs> they call it Spaghetti Junction. It's where like all intersections in Atlanta cross, and that's like ten minutes from where I live. Okay. Oh jeez. And 
dude, it's only getting like worse and worse and worse. Cause I think I want to say there's like construction on like almost all five uh, intersections right now. And so that's one thing I'm not looking forward to, but if you hit it at a right time, like it's not that bad, but for majority of the day, it's brutal. You have between the hours of two in the morning and three in the morning and you're perfect. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> So before the, we started recording, you said you just got a brand new truck. How how is it running right now, dude? It's awesome. Is it a dream right now? I love it. Are you I gonna do it. anything to you lift it? Like what are, what are your plans? No. So the new Chevy's, uh, this model, it's called the LT Trail Boss. Okay. It comes leveled and it comes like with new tires and everything. So. So glad. you're good for a while, huh? Yeah, I'm good to go. I'm glad Chevy figured that one out. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what they were they were selling to, so they figured out the market pretty quick. Exactly. Yeah, and what everyone listening at home needs to know is that Zach told me he was a Ford guy, but then this truck just won him over. This is very true. And so you mentioned you're going to be driving all the way back to Georgia. I will be. So what's what's your go-to like road playlist? <laughs> what are you listening to on the way back? I have, well, my daily one mix on Spotify is just <laughs> classics. I love classic music, so Same. Fleetwood Mac, Eagles. Eagles is my favorite band of all time, like Steve Miller Band. And then my Daily 2 mix is like kind of like 90s country, so like Alan Jackson, George Strait, uh, maybe some Hank Williams Jr. in there. I like a wide variety of music, yeah. Okay. Well. Any, any of the guys in the clubhouse covering you to like Latin music or anything yet? I like, like, one or two lines. <laughs> I think that's how it is for, like, everyone. There's, like, yeah, I know, like, one, and it's okay. The rest is just, no. It's yeah, just white I noise. Mean, that's with all the players who come in. It's just, like, special effects more than music. <laughs> Background noise is what it is. It really is. It's just, okay, this is an eight-minute song. Let's just repeat, I think. And so we have one more question for you. It's a would-you-rather question. Ooh. Would you rather give up your fastball so not be able to throw it or convert to be a position player? <laughs> so you can still pitch but never throw your fastball ever yeah. again or you have to be a position player I'd rather be a position player really yeah what's your what's your second favorite pitch my slider your slider but you don't like it that much then i guess no i really like it but <laughs> I, I like my fastball that much more That's true. <laughs> i mean it's a good fastball so so then what position would you have to play if you had to convert to a position Oof. player i mean like if I'm being realistic with myself, like probably second base. <laughs> but I wish I could play shortstop. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well just jump in there, kind of see if you can uh, sneak in there. Yeah, I'm you look enough. To, I'm, you look I'm enough a, like I'm talking to JJ. We'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see if I can get some reps in there. <laughs> All righty, Zach. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure, and best of luck to you for the rest of the season and in your continued journey to the big leagues. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> And we're back here on the Owl's Nest. How was that interview with Zach Christofak? He's pretty awesome. Fun. He's the nicest dude. He's so funny. He's one of the better. No, nah, I wouldn't say better. He's just one of those interviews where we're able to go off of each other, feed off each other's like energy, and make it a good interview. He's a very personable guy. Yeah, real cool guy. That truck is sick. His new truck is amazing. We will probably post the dance moves also on Twitter. So if you're listening to this and want to see what dance moves we were talking about, Go into Twitter, you'll see. Yeah, I'll uh, make sure to retweet that immediately. Yes. yes. Fun guy. <laughs> yeah, fun guy. Real good at pitching, too. Pretty, I thought it was interesting pitching. when we asked him if he would rather give up his fastball or become a position player, how quick he was to answer that. Yeah. In, immediately, position player. So that shows you how much these pitchers love their fastballs. Indeed. <laughs> All righty, so for this last half of the show – uh, we're going to play a little game here of 20 questions. 
between it's going to be two teams. It's going to be Connor and I. We've chosen one player. And then Nathan and Quinn have chosen their player. And yes, we, we have did. 20 questions to try and guess what their player is. We can only ask yes or no questions. And so no questions outside of that. Everyone know how to play 20 questions? I believe so. Played it a lot on road trips as a kid. True. Almost to the point of annoyance. Yeah, same with I Spy. <laughs> All right. Exactly. <laughs> so many trees. So many trees. Tree. And or so. Or in Kansas, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's also the worst place to play I Spy. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe Connor and Skyler will be guessing first. We will be guessing first. So okay. Nathan and Quinn. We have our player. We have written our player down. So after we reveal it, we can show you that we were not lying. Same okay. here. Good. We have done the. Same. Okay, so <laughs> ask away. You will, we will, oh, another – we will be alternating. So when Skyler goes, he asks a question. Connor asks the next one. Okay. So, Skyler, you're up. Is this an American League player? He – both. He played them both. Okay. Um, was this player known for their hitting? Yes. Okay. All right. Was this player an infielder? No. Okay. I've just got to get that. Is it a Dodger? Is it a former Dodger? He was a Dodger. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) I think I have an idea of who it might be. Does this player sure. work in the Owls front office? No. Well, that would be That's awesome. Awesome. Not Corey Snyder. That's that would have been a good one. That's not Corey Snyder. <laughs> Burn he that was question. a Dodger. What? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> we like both had those exact same thoughts. They both looked at each other before Skyler said that. So Connor's question. How many questions is that? Do we know? Five? No. Like, what have we done? Yeah, five because he started out. Yeah. Um, Oh man, this it's not. I, this is a this pretty is, decent it's, one. It's pretty tough. Too. Okay, uh, did he play in the nineties? Uh, he did play in the nineties. Okay, so we're going back that far. Hmm. Twenty years, yeah. <laughs> that far? I'm only twenty-five. Baseball's been around for like two hundred almost. Exactly. Feels like. Was this player ever an MVP candidate? Candidate? Define that. Top three or? Yeah, like top three. Was this player ever a top three? Uh, that's, I'm going to have to go to Nathan on this one. Nathan's researching this. You have to press your button, Nathan. <laughs> it does not look like he was. Okay. Okay. Let's see. So that's seven. Um, did this player ever win a home run derby? Oh, jeez. Um, huh. I don't think I don't believe he did. He did not. Okay. So eight. Hmm. I'm trying to think of questions. I'm uh, trying to think of yes or no questions because I have yeah. a lot of other questions I could ask, but yes or no is hard. Oh man, this is this is hard. Um, was this? Player. Oh, wait, one second. What? Um, 
two times did get number third in MVP. Okay. Um, I was going to say, was this batter right-handed? Batted right? Did he bat right-handed? Yes. Okay. So nine. He was a Dodger. Was a Dodger at one point. I just want to yes. ask. Okay. <laughs> I want to ask like what his main like what he, where he spent most of his career. But that's not a yes or no question. Yeah, that's not a yes or no question. There's 29 other teams to guess from. Exactly. <laughs> Just uh, put that. Hopefully you'll get there. Um, let's see. Oh, I got one. Was he on ever on one of our favorite teams? Mm, um, was he a Rocky? Was he a Cardinal? Was he a National? No, he was not. No. Okay. Well, that rules well technically side. he was on my favorite team, but whatever. Well, that's we, what I, mean. we, we I clarified I meant, that. I meant like the <laughs> other people that haven't been mentioned. How many questions is that so far? That's nine. Nine? No, that's eight because I'm evens. Oh, so that's ten. ten. You're on 11. Okay. okay. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think here. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't even have, like, an idea yet. I don't, no, I don't. <laughs> um, Can we ask some not yes or no questions to try to get closer? <laughs> no. It's really hard. Did this oh, – wait. Let's see. Okay. Um, was this player a center fielder? Um, it doesn't look like he ever played in center field. Okay. He never played in center field. Okay. Did this player retire? Actually, is this player retired? Yes. Okay. I assume so, but just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I'll probably ask a follow-up question to that after Skyler's. Okay, so this is your 12. It's 13. 13. Yeah. Lucky number 13. Oh, jeez. We're, we're running out here. I know. Um, this is so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep thinking of questions. Um, did this – is this player in the Hall of Fame? No. Did this player retire in this decade, so 2010 to 2020? Yes. Okay. So that gives us a little bit more of an idea. Slightly. Not really. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I'll give you a decent hint. He only played 29 games in this decade, though. Okay. So retired in 2010. (laughs) Yeah. So technically 2010s, but only played 29. Yeah. He was signed with the team in 2011. He he played five games with that team. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. So that still didn't help me. That still doesn't. So me yes, either. but kinda. But kinda. Okay. So fourteen, Connor. No, fourteen. Yeah, Skyler. it's me. Fifteen, 15 Skyler. Me. Oh, jeez. I mean, I almost need to start guessing too. At home, people could be guessing too, and hopefully, people at home could, can. Can we? Can we get like two guesses each at the end if we haven't guessed anyone by that point? Deal. Uh, let's see. Electric radio right now. <laughs> Skyler contemplates. Oh man, this is yeah, this is really hard. Never like, won a home run contest. S- played in the nineties. Yeah, MVP candidate, but never a Hall of Famer. Not retired Famer. in this decade. Played in, played in both leagues. Never played center field. He was a batter. Was, he was a Dodger, but that makes me think he wasn't on the Dodgers for very long. Isn't Corey Snyder? It is He's definitely not, not Corey, Corey Snyder. Snyder. <laughs> Dodger played mostly in. Oh, Never played infield. 
didn't play center field very MVP much. MVP candidate who didn't win a home run derby. He's a right-handed batter. Exactly. Skyler, your question is. Tired, not Hall of Fame. Oh, I'm trying to just think of people that played on the Dodgers. Ugh. But, uh. Oh, shoot. As he contemplates and squints out the window at the <laughs> Owls taking. Did this player win a World Series? He did. Okay, that was a good one. So if that helps. <laughs> we'll give you a little hint on He won two World Series. There you go. That's still the And was an MVP of a World Series. So, that excludes him being on the Dodgers then. Hopefully you, guys, hopefully you guys got that one. Because <laughs> the Dodgers have never won a World Series in the 90s or the 2000s. Are right, we? Nathan? Sorry, can we get a confirmation on that, Nathan? Um, that is correct, yes. Ooh, sorry. But we are going for our third year in the row. We're not talking about how close they've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> so, 16, Connor. Um... Are we allowed to use our phones during this too? Sure, go for it. Yeah. Did he win the World Series in the American League? Yes. Okay. Okay. But two World Series. Okay. Oh wait, wait. That's a question. That's not a question. That was a that was a addendum. Skyler asked that question. What? Skyler can ask that question if he heard you. That's an addendum. I already okay. know. It, so. Okay, Connor knows. But he cheats. Uh, I'm trying to think. I like Googled World Series MVPs, but <laughs> Oh my goodness. He's gonna go through each one. No, come on. No, I'm trying to 17 think. Seventeen here. Um three four more questions. Skyler and Connor. Did this player play on the Red Sox? He has played on the Red Sox, yes. <laughs> Skyler might have figured it out. I might have an idea. Okay. Um that was that was kind of leading to my question actually as well. Um, was it with the Red Sox that he won the World Series, the two World Series? He asked that question, but yes. Did he ask that question? I asked if he was on the Red Sox. Okay, so yeah, yeah, but so, so you he asked, was on the, the he was on question. the Red Sox yeah, World so Series team. Nineteen. <clears throat> was this player ever caught with steroids? I think so. I think that I believe he, I believe he was. Uh, let me get some confirmation here. Do we have any confirmation over there? Yes, he did. He got yes, caught. He was caught. At the so the twentieth question down to it's Connor. His second violation. Do 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 do. Dramatic music plays as Connor looks at his phone for the final question. Yeah. To determine who this player is. Just trying to figure. <laughs> trying <laughs> to figure this out. I'm only gonna give you guys one. One. Answer yeah. One. Each. One guess each. That's yeah, fair. Because I'm pretty sure now we're on Google. So. Um. Yeah. <sighs> Jeez, I don't even know what else to ask, honestly. You guys can just guess. You can guess. Skyler can guess, and then you can do another question. Okay, is this Skyler, player Manny Ramirez? It is Manny Ramirez. There we go. Yeah! Oh, nice. Manny Ramirez. Good job. It was Manny Ramirez. Manny Wood. Manny Wood. Cal you guys were stuck on the fact that he was from California, played in, or played in the Dodgers. Well, that's what I. That's like what most well, but people. Like the way you said it, I knew he wasn't. He didn't spend a lot of time there, but I was just like, okay, but where where else could he have played? True. The World Series is what gave it away, start, or started to. <laughs> yeah. yeah That's when we finally got a break in the case. Exactly. So <laughs> That was a good one. That was a good Down one. to the wire. Yeah. So now it is Connor and Skyler's turn. Yes. And Nathan and I will be guessing. Good luck. Okay. Is good this luck. Skyler's favorite player? 
Yes. Okay. First question, Ben. Did this player play in the NL? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> this one's going to be easy. Is it? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see, yeah. Okay. Uh, NL East, did he, did he spend – did he play all of his games with one team? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So he played all his games with one team. Did he retire in this decade? Uh, yes. Yes, he did. Okay. Did he play first base? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Dang it, Quinn. <laughs> did he play for the Colorado Rockies? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, is he from Tennessee? Yes. <laughs> did you ever see him play live? A couple times, yeah. Okay. okay. Are we going to use Connors after this? <laughs> um, we could probably try Connors. Let me get a couple work guesses just to be fair. Did this player hit 369 career home runs? He did. <laughs> He's mostly known for doubles, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's next to you. Uh, that's going over to Nathan. I'm too predictable. I can see you on his Wikipedia page. Just just tell it. Did he make his debut in 1997 on he, August 2nd? He did against the Pirates. <laughs> okay. In the year 2004, when he played 154 <laughs> games, 683 I knew we shouldn't have gone with yours. Did this player have 106 walks during those 643? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Okay, I think I might have a guess. Is his jersey number 17 a tribute to former Chicago Cubs first baseman Mark Grace? <laughs> sure, I didn't know that. Okay, I might have a guess here. I'm going to go on a limb. Todd Helton. It is! Are we the greatest guessers in human history? No, I'm just too predictable because I talk about him a lot. <laughs> okay, Walter Johnson was the guy I was going to pick. Not my favorite player, though. If we were going with favorite players, I would have chosen Casey Blake. Which none of you know who that is. True. So Sounds familiar. He was like on every team in baseball. <laughs> so he had Jackson. a beard that could rival Brian Wilson. Yeah. So we'll be back again in seven short days or so. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>